When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Nuggets Nation, where you'll find the most up-to-date news, stories, and information about the Denver Nuggets and their organization. Brought to you by your host, Ethan Hinschel. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is your host, Ethan, back with episode 27 of Nuggets Nation. I hope everyone enjoyed a bit of a break from the games. I know I was ready to get back into podcasting and into the groove of just having consistent NBA games night to night, so... Obviously good that basketball was back on Thursday today, and the Nuggets played against the Washington Wizards. They had a pretty good win. They won 130-110. to 110. I only say pretty good, not extremely good for a few reasons, which I'll get into shortly, but the Denver Nuggets were playing the Washington Wizards, who are the NBA's second worst team this season, so this is a bit of a trap game if you asked me today or even a week ago because you're coming off an eight-day break. They last played against the Sacramento Kings at home and lost a pretty ugly game that they should have walked into this game a little frustrated because they were on a three-game losing streak. Unfortunately, they were able to turn that around, but they had a good start in today's game. That's what stood out to me in the first quarter. The Nuggets outscored the Washington Wizards 38-25, to so they got off to a tremendous start, which is what Michael Malone was talking about. So Michael Malone, to kind of backtrack a little bit here, he talked about, so this was game one of 27 remaining for the Nuggets, for those who are not aware, and the Nuggets really need to get healthy for the playoffs. That is the main goal. I know it is ideal to get home court for the playoffs, the first seed, but that might not be super realistic if we want the starting five healthy as well as the three key bench pieces in Reggie, Payton, and Christian. We need all those eight guys healthy in order to make another run, at least a legit complete run to the finals and win it one. So Michael Lone talked about how they need the starting five playing well. They need to get off to good starts. They would like to see an increase in the three-point shooting in terms of makes, not attempts. And I would also echo they need to get better defensive three-point rebounding as well as boxing out in that regard. And then a few other smaller things like bench play has to be better. I thought they were better tonight in a few instances. They lacked in one instance, which hurt in my assessment of this game being from a good game to an extremely good game. And I'll get into that, as I said earlier, but the Nuggets... Won 130-110, to as I said earlier. Nikola Jokic got a triple-double, so a bit of a side note here, a little milestone piece, as Jokic said in his post-game interview. Nikola Jokic now has a triple-double against every single NBA team that is not the Denver Nuggets because he has played on the Denver Nuggets his entire career. So he has 29 triple-doubles against every single team in the NBA. He has more than 29, let me rephrase that, actually. He has... I believe 137, actually. He's getting really close to passing LeBron, but I'll double-check that right now. But Nikola Jokic had an incredible game by his standards. He had 21 points. He had, yeah, 21 points, 19 rebounds, and 15 assists on 10 of 10 shooting. He was perfect from the field tonight. He missed one free throw. He was incredible. Like, there, there isn't much... To describe about the man, besides that he was absolutely incredible, he played 31 minutes, 
he didn't take a three-point attempt because they really didn't need him to, and he was just that good tonight. And so I was correct. He had a he has 137 triple doubles now, which is one behind LeBron James. So I'm curious to know when he will pass LeBron James because he will. It's just a matter of time and a matter of how many games he it'll take for him to do so. But that's a little fun thing to keep an eye on. But to get back to the game and more serious aspect of the game, I thought the Nuggets, the starters, played really well. KCP aggravated his pinky. They said he had a sprained pinky, and he was out the entirety of the second half. He played 16 minutes in this game, but that was all in the first half. So when you look at the box score, you'll wonder why he played 16. Another thing to point out was Aaron Gordon played 21 minutes, and that's because he had two fouls entering the third quarter. He then picked up two quick fouls in the first two minutes of the third quarter, so Peyton Watson provided a big role for the Nuggets early in that third quarter, and then Aaron Gordon saw a few minutes late like ish in the fourth quarter. So the Nuggets got off to a great start. Like I said, the starters were great. I thought the three point shooting could have been better. That's kind of what made this from a good game to a very good game is what I would say. The Nuggets were seven to 32 from the three point land tonight, which equals 21.9%. That's not good. That is not good. I know they won by 20 points, but that is not a good number. They shot really well from two. They shot 55%, but shooting 21.9% from three is really bad. And you're playing the NBA's second worst team, one of the league's worst teams in recent years. You got to shoot better from three, and it's been a struggle for the Nuggets in the past few weeks. A few guys did look really good with the rest that we needed, as I talked about, because I urged caution for Nuggets fans freaking out about their three-game losing streak and about the recent play in the past month plus, I would say even dating back to like late December, early January. And I know it's a bit of a stretch there, but urge caution. Players are a little lethargic. They are tired. That is not an excuse, but the NBA season is long. It's 82 games and they all need a break. And Michael Malone talked about that as they entered the All-Star break. They were all physically, mentally fatigued. And I think they came out a little rejuvenated and rested in tonight's game because They were a little sloppy in moments, 100%, as that was to be expected in their first game back in eight days. But someone that stood out to me that was really good was Michael Porter Jr. I thought he had one of his better games this season. He didn't shoot the three ball exceptionally well. He was 2 of 7, so it really wasn't a tremendous three-point shooting game for him. But from the field, he was 9 of 16. So he really made his difference on the offensive glass. He had five offensive rebounds in today's game with 11 total rebounds, two assists, and 22 points. He was a plus 10. He really made his difference, fell on the offensive glass, as I just said. He was timely putbacks, easy dunks. He was a mismatch tonight, as much of the Nugget, as many of the Nuggets were tonight, but him in particular, at least in the starting lineup, because initially early on, the Wizards had kind of a relatively smaller lineup, and he really took advantage of the size. The Nuggets dominated in the paint tonight. I think they had 88 points in the paint, or maybe they finished with 90, uh, but 80-88 is what ESPN says, and this was a dominant game in the paint, as I expected. I thought this was a game in where Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic had each had opportunities to dominate in the paint, and Michael Porter and Jokic did exactly that. Aaron Gordon had 17 points and was 7-12 shooting. So he was pretty good in the paint, but he just didn't see a ton of minutes due to his foul trouble. But those three guys were really good in the paint. And then they played a lot of bench guys tonight. Michael Malone talked about how their nine-man rotation right now is Christian Braun, Reggie Jackson, Peyton Watson, 6-7-8, however you want to put it them, and Zeke Nagy as the nine. And I thought that was a bit surprising. Not totally shocking, just a bit surprising. And here's my reasons as to why it was a bit surprising and as a bit of a reason as to why it was not completely shocking 
for some of you it might be shocking, and that's a fair result if you're not following the Nuggets day-to-day, and maybe you're not seeing the things that I observed during the games, and that's totally fine. I'm not here to say that I'm an expert either, but Zeke Naji, prior to the All-Star break, he had a slew of games where he actually looked pretty solid in terms of energy, in terms of his role on offense and defense. He's never going to be dominant with the ball, like coming off the bench for Gordon or Jokic, but he's a guy that's athletic and can move his feet somewhat well to potentially switch off to switch off on to a three, a small forward, come the playoffs. And a guy like DeAndre Jordan is too much of a mismatch in the playoffs defensively for the Nuggets. He's going to get taken advantage of. So I think it's also a bit of an experiment because you did sign him to a four-year contract extension that will kick in next season. So you kind of got to see what you have. To be honest with you, part of this might be a little front office decision telling Michael Malone, like, you need to play him a little bit, which is fine. I'm fine with it. I honestly would rather give him minutes right now than DeAndre Jordan. A guy I wish would get some minutes was Julian Strother. I know he's on the outside looking in right now, and that's all right. He's a rookie, and I think it's part of Michael Malone's treatment with rookies, and the Nuggets are an incredibly talented team, so he's going to be deep on the bench anyways, which is fine. He was never going to be a top eight rotation piece, even much less top nine, but... Michael Malone said Justin Holiday and Julian Strother are probably the 10th and 11th guys, respectively, so Julian would be the 11th guy. And in a game in which the Nuggets were, I think their biggest lead was 28 points, I believe. Uh, yeah, 28 points was their biggest lead. He only saw the court in the last four minutes of the game. And I thought that was a bit disappointing just because this was an opportunity to get him just a little more confident, give him an opportunity to play because... There's the final 27 games is a push for the playoffs. It's you got to turn up, you got to execute things you're doing well at, and you got to improve the things you're not doing well at. And I listed a few of those things, but I can kind of intertwine them into this episode as I continue onwards. But bench play has been a weakness for the Nuggets, as I said earlier. And a guy like Julian Strother, who has a good shooting ability, has the potential to help out the lack of offense on the bench when Jamal Murray has to stunt and Michael Porter even has to stunt recently. And a guy like Julian can shoot the ball well. He's going to be not your primary ball handler, at least this season. He needs to develop into a bit of a better ball handler. But I think off the bench, he can be your secondary ball handler alongside Reggie Jackson. Provide some length. He's a bit taller. And I don't know if his defense is exactly where you'd want it to be right now. I think it can grow and get better. But in terms of offensively, he needs to play because he has no rhythm. Like He came into the game in the last four minutes. And it's really hard to do so. So, like, I'm not here to shit on him at all. That's not what I'm doing at all by this. But so he was he was sitting the entirety of the game. So the first 44 minutes of the game, he's sitting on the bench, ice cold, only gets warm-ups at the start of the game, maybe puts a few shots up in between the halves, and then enters the game with four minutes to go. And just, like, bricks a three-point shot. It was pretty ugly. But it's his first shot in 40, probably, like, hour-plus from half, maybe two plus hours from like warmups, maybe in three from when warmups actually are. So like it's a lot to put on a guy, especially who's a rookie coming off a pretty big injury, not like injury in terms of significant of like injured wise, but he was out a sizable amount of time. He was out like four to six weeks. It seemed at least four, maybe not six, but he is a guy who can help the nuggets. And I think it's a bit of a shame because right before he got injured, I think he was playing with confidence and he was playing with a bit of a rhythm. And I think he was in putting a bit of a spark on the bench offensively. And I don't think you can solely rely on Reggie Jackson to be your offensive spark off the bench come the playoffs. 
I question his ability to score sometimes, and I know that's his strength. But just in the playoffs, defenses get tighter. The floor gets tighter. The offense is not as spaced just because, like, defensive assignments are better. You're playing better teams, and there's more film and scouting going on in these games, and they're just more intense and high level. So, like, these small little things are important, and I don't want to put all of our trust in Reggie Jackson. I just don't think... It's a smart thing to do for your offensive role off the bench. And here's the thing. I understand that Julian Strother is a rookie, but he was a first-round pick, and when he played, he's played somewhat well. So it, it's a bit of a puzzler, not necessarily the rotation, more terms of a, like a bit of a puzzle in terms of why he didn't see minutes before the latter four minutes of the fourth quarter tonight. That's that's more of the question to me, especially on a night of a back-to-back. So this is the first night of a back-to-back. They go play Portland tomorrow on the road on Friday, and I'll recap that game afterwards as well. But you want to give the starters as few minutes as possible tonight, and Malone did that to the best of his ability. I thought his usage of Jokic was pretty phenomenal, to be honest. He really gave him a good minute break, I thought. Like, in the first quarter, he didn't play the first entire quarter, which was something he did earlier on the season towards the middle, like-ish of the season. He started to play the entirety of the first quarter. Get a little tired doing that, to be honest. It affects the rotation. He tried to lengthen the rotation a bit, which I appreciate because you need your starters healthy, and in order for your starters to be healthy, you can't run them into the ground in these latter 26 games now after this. It was 27 with this game. But guys like Zeke Naji are going to have to play, and even Justin Holiday. Like, I'm fine with having an 11-man rotation for these final 26 games with Payton, Reggie, Christian, Justin Holiday, Zeke Naji, and Julian Strother coming off the bench. And not all they're going, not all six guys are going to see action in every game. But I think they all can provide some unique role. Christian can provide good guard defense, good rebounding. I thought his rebounding was tremendous tonight. I'll talk about him shortly. Peyton Rodson, he's really blossoming as of late, as I've talked about consistently. Reggie Jackson brings that veteran offensive spark off the bench. Zeke Naji can bring that athleticism, can be a stretch four backing up or even stretch five. Not stretch four, I take that back. He is a four. Stretch five backing up Aaron Gordon and Nikola Jokic. And then Justin Holiday with that veteran presence, shooter, forward position. And then Julian Strother, again, a shooter, rookie, a little more athletic. So I, I think they all can provide a role, and they're not going to see the floor every night. That's not the expectation. But I just think that those guys could have seen the floor a little bit more tonight, to be honest. And as we move forward, I think there's a few opportunities in the next string of games, even the 10, 15 upcoming games for the Nuggets, where I think Julian Strother has an opportunity to see the floor, especially in back-to-backs when you're trying to decrease the amount of minutes for your starters, A, just for the games we have in the regular season, and B, for the playoffs. And it's also important just to see what you got in case there is an injury, knock on wood. So, yeah, like you got to see what you got, too. You can't just be locked into having an eight- or nine-man rotation, and I think the Nuggets are adopting to that, and that's important. And the Nuggets have some games where they can deploy Julian, I think. Like tomorrow against Portland, I think, is a game where Julian has an opportunity to see the floor. Following the game against Portland tomorrow, the Nuggets have a bit of a tough stretch. They play the Warriors on the road on Sunday. They play Sacramento at home. They play the Miami Heat at home for a finals rematch. 
Then the start of March is a bit of a gauntlet, too. They play the Lakers on the road. They play the Suns and Celtics at home. But then they play the Jazz, Raptors, Heat, Spurs. And I think that's a slew of games where Julian should see the floor. And I don't want to get too far from this game because I'm not done recapping it. Christian Braun had a really tremendous game tonight. I thought this was one of his best games of his season. To be honest with you, he was a real difference maker. I felt his presence out there on the floor. He played 23 minutes. I was really impressed with him. He had 5 of 8 shooting, 1 of 2 from 3, 1 of 3 from the free throw line. So free throws got to get better, but that's the only thing about him that had to be better tonight. 10 rebounds, 4 of those being offensive, 1 assist, 2 steals, plus 10 with 12 points. His first career double-double. Really impressive work from Christian. I think he has really turned his season around the past 2 to 4 weeks, even a little longer if you want to put it in that aspect. I think he's been really important for the Nuggets and he has to be important and vital in providing a good role. And his presence has got to be felt for the Nuggets if they want to win and repeat. So we talk about health, the bench being better. All these things coincide for the Nuggets making another run. And to make another legit run, not just make the playoffs, which they're going to do and probably win a first-round matchup and bounce in the second. To make a legit run to the conference finals, finals, and win, you need these guys going and playing with confidence. And Peyton Watson was tremendous tonight. He had a few blocks. He had 11 points. I thought Zeke Naji was also really good tonight, to be honest. He had eight rebounds, eight points, three rebounds, not eight rebounds. One assist. He had four blocks tonight. Peyton Watson also had four blocks. Like, the Nuggets were everywhere tonight, I got to say. The only reason I gave them a pretty good, not very good or excellent, was their three-point shooting. And the, and the fact that in the fourth quarter, the Nuggets kind of let up a little from 26 to 17, that the lead decreased and Jokic had to come back in. And it was a bit of a bummer because you ideally wanted Jokic to just sit the entirety of the fourth and get him all rested and ready for the game in Portland tomorrow since it's a back-to-back. But it didn't end up mattering that much because he only played two to three minutes in the fourth. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But these things do add up and to get him get 28 versus 31 minutes is a difference, 100%. And... It's not that big of a deal, but I do think these minutes, like trying to restrict your minutes for your starters is important. And Michael Porter looked good. He looked fresh. I just think the biggest thing was the guys looked fresh tonight. They looked rejuvenated, fresh, ready to go, especially from the jump, which is what Mike Malone talked about. So I really think they executed a lot of what Michael Malone talked about. Quick jump, bench being better beyond one moment tonight. Bench pieces actually making contributions on the offensive and defensive end. And the starters just being consistent. KCP, hopefully, he's fine. He's been just having a slew of nagging injuries. He just, he seems to not, he can't just get healthy, unfortunately. He gets an eight-day break and then injures his, strains his pinky, stealing the basketball. Like, ugh. That was frustrating to watch just because he's such a vital piece for the team and you want him healthy and you need him healthy. You don't want him to lay through it. It's not worth it. It's on his shooting hand, I believe, is what they alluded to and said. So it was 100% affecting his shot. He was 0-6 tonight from the field. Don't put too much into it. He was a plus 17, so his defense and his just spacing on the offense was 100% fell out there. I thought Nikola Jokic was just tremendous, tremendous tonight, excellent, as I said earlier. The sets that he runs in the half-forward offense are just so good. He gets the ball to the right person pretty much every single time, I have to say. It's like watching LeBron James out there in his Miami Heat days and 
that was a thing of beauty to watch just how dominant physically he was and Jokic is dominant physically but he's also such a floor general like he sees the floor so well he's such a good passer he is like your ideal 2k player like he is an elite passer he is an elite shooter he's he's an elite shooter for those who don't think he is he absolutely is he's an elite rebounder he's an elite offensive player wherever wherever you play him he can score off the dribble he can score off the shot doesn't matter score in the paint in the free throw line area he's just a tremendous player and these are my reasons why I think he should win MVP again and we'll see if he does but it was a good win from the Nuggets I was impressed I was impressed I thought it was a good start I as I said earlier at the beginning of this podcast, I thought it was a bit of a trap game. I'm, I'm happy they didn't fall into that. And as we move forward, it's important to not fall into these trap games. And another one tomorrow night against Portland. Portland is not good, but they are better at home. They're 15 and 39 Portland. So they are one of the NBA's worst teams, but they do have some good players. They're the fifth worst team in the NBA this season. So they're not good, but their home record is nine and 17. So they are a bit better at home, and Portland is not the easiest place to play at home, especially on a Friday night, and you're the defending champ, so it's going to probably be a sellout is my guess, and if not relatively close to it. And Portland, this is their first game back from the All-Star break, so they're going to be rejuvenated, excited, going at it. So if Portland's slow from the jump, the Nuggets got to capitalize on that. And most importantly, so I have three keys for the game tomorrow night. And the first is the Nuggets got off to a good start like they did tonight. That's the first key. The second key is I would like to see them shoot the three ball better than they did tonight. That's the second key. And the third key is making sure that you limit Portland's transition points as well as their three-point shooting because they love to shoot the three ball. So when you do all those things, usually they're going to lead to wins. And I believe the Nuggets can do so. Portland's allowing just under 117 points a game, allowing 116.7 points a game. So they are very capable of being beat, especially on the offensive end when when you're playing against them. And they're on a six-game losing streak. So it's a trap game. Like, they're, I don't want to say they're due for a win, but it's at home. After the All-Star break, they're rested. If they're going to win, it's as good of a chance as they're going to get. Obviously, they're playing with Denver Nuggets, an elite NBA team, so... It's tough in that regard, but in terms of the fact that their guys are rested, they should be somewhat healthy. I believe they're healthy, and they should be ready to go. I know that, I guess I'm just learning actually now that Scoot Henderson is out, and I guess, unfortunately, it's a bit of a shame. I, I actually really like watching Scoot Henderson play. He's a rookie. He was picked third overall, for those who are not familiar. I guess he's out with a left abductor strain, so that's a bit of a shame, to be honest with you, just because... I always like watching good players play. I know some fans are always like, well, I don't want good players playing against the Nuggets, so it's easier to win. Like, sure, in that regard, I guess it's like nice, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think that's good for the game of basketball. It's always best when the best players are playing, and the players want that too, as do the coaches and good fans, I would argue. Uh, so, it is a good fan. I would call myself a good fan. I believe I deserve that title, but you want the best players playing. So I think it's a bit of a bummer that he's out. Hopefully the Nuggets do not push KCP like they did before the All-Star break a bit. I think it was a shame that he played against Milwaukee in that game. As I said, it was unnecessary. It was at the end of the day, a rather meaningless 
game, unfortunately, in terms of the grand scheme of things. It was just one of 82 against an Eastern Conference team, so not even affecting, like, head-to-head matchups in the Western Conference or just, like, actual game moving in the standings if you're playing a Western Conference team for the Nuggets. So if he is not feeling good, do not play him tomorrow night. It's, it's just not worth it. You need him for your final stretch run, and he just gets another two days off if he doesn't play tomorrow because he'll get Friday and Saturday off. And then hopefully he'll be good to go against the Warriors on Sunday. But again, if he's not, like it's okay. And even if he's not, I think it's fine to give him a rest because you then don't play till Wednesday, February 28th against the Sacramento Kings again. So if he could get, you know, on another essential week off, that'd be tremendous for him. But I ideally would like him at least to suit it up, uh, up against the Warriors because Steph Curry is a tremendous player. He has not gotten the respect he has deserved this season. I know his team has fluttered and not been the best this season, but they're in the mix of things. They're, I think, ninth or 10th seed right now. I believe they have an ongoing game, but right now they are the 10th seed and the Lakers are the ninth seed. And I just, Steph Curry is a tremendous, tremendous player. Everyone knows that he's a four-time NBA champion. He's a two-time MVP. Like, he, he is so good. And KCP has played tremendous defense against Steph Curry this season for the Denver Nuggets. And without KCP, it's going to be a tough matchup for the Denver Nuggets guarding Steph Curry because I don't really know who's going to guard him. To be honest with you, it's going to be probably Christian Brown for the most part. And that's a mismatch as much of whoever guards Steph Curry is. So just... KCP needs to be healthy. Like I said, team needs to be healthy. That's the most important thing. So if it means sitting out a game or two or even three, like, okay, that's that's what needs to be done. We're less focused right now on wins and losses. I know those are incredibly important, but team health is first and foremost. So I'm always going to sacrifice a win if it means getting a starter healthy for the playoffs, to be honest. I don't really care who the opponent is. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. You need your starters healthy. I know I've echoed that so much and you're probably tired of hearing me say it. You're like, Ethan, enough. And I get it. But that's going to be the message and the theme for these next 26 games is health, consistency, and being better at your weaknesses, improving those weaknesses. Those are the biggest takeaways, and there isn't a whole lot to talk about, and I'm not going to waste your time dragging this podcast episode to a 40-minute mark. I'm not going to do that. That's essentially it. The Nuggets played good tonight. They could have played better. Hopefully, they play better tomorrow night, continue to pick up where they're at, and go into the Golden State game at 38-19. and and the Clippers lost tonight, so the Nuggets gained a full game on them. They also gained half a game on the Minnesota Timberwolves, who were idle tonight. And to talk a little bit about playoff positioning, which I'll get into in more episodes, but just to kind of bring it up now as we enter the playoff stretch, the Denver Nuggets ideally finishes the top three seed. I don't think the one seed's super realistic, unfortunately. It could be totally possible, and it is more than possible, but... I just don't think it's ultra-realistic at this point. They do have three games left against the Timberwolves, and if they do beat them three times, that's three games, so that absolutely could do it. But I don't think they're going to beat them all three times. I think they'll probably beat them at least once, hopefully twice. Uh, But for the Denver Nuggets, the goal should be a top-three seed, so the second or third seed should be the goal, and you match up on the same side as Oklahoma City. You want to avoid the Clippers and the Minnesota Timberwolves until the conference finals, so ideally the playoffs is Minnesota if Denver can't be one Denver Oklahoma LA and then ideally it's not Phoenix or Dallas in the 17 
or even Sacramento. Like I'd prefer like New Orleans probably. Uh, but if you can match up on the same side of the bracket as Oklahoma and get them in the conference semifinals, uh, that that's a good matchup just because the Thunder are inexperienced and the Nuggets are a veteran team and they won a championship last year. So I just think that would be, that's like the easiest road in my head. And it's no disrespect to the Thunder. The Thunder are a tremendous team and the Nuggets could absolutely lose to the Thunder. I wouldn't really even be shocked if they did. I'd be slightly surprised because I think the Nuggets should beat the Thunder in like six games in my opinion, but the Thunder are a great team. So I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be slightly surprised. Yes. But Minnesota is really good defensively. They have a tremendous amount of bigs. Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, Nas Reed off the bench. And the Clippers are also a veteran team with James Harden, Russ, Kawhi, PG, Ty Lue. Zubach is going to come back for the playoffs is my guess. And they're also really good. They're good defensively. So those are the two teams that scare me the most in the West. Oklahoma does scare me, but those are the two teams that scare me the most. I think the Clippers being the most just veteran proven team, but we will see, and most importantly, the Nuggets got a good win tonight. Snapped the three-game losing streak to win 130-110, to just to recap that, and I hope you all have a wonderful day. Go Nuggets, and before I close out this episode, I just want to announce that I'm doing a giveaway. One of the first 500 subscribers who follows my podcast on Apple, Spotify, or whatever platform you choose to listen on will have an opportunity to win a free Nikola Jokic jersey. If I don't get 500 subscribers before the playoffs, I will give it away to one of my subscribers. So make sure you subscribe and stay tuned and check out other episodes as I will be bringing more episodes in the coming days as the games continue. But stay tuned for another episode tomorrow against the Portland Trailblazers. So let's get a win tomorrow night in Portland to go two for two on this back-to-back and get off to a good break from the All-Star break. Yeah. Go Nuggets.